Greetings, everyone. This is Terry Naturally with another edition of Terry Talks Nutrition. We're here every Saturday and Sunday morning, 8 o'clock till 9 o'clock Central Standard Time, locally broadcasting from Green Bay, Wisconsin, in the USA. And the reason I say that is because many listeners around the world are listening via the computer as we live stream our broadcast to our website, terrytalksnutrition.com. There you can listen to the show live by adjusting your times wherever you are to be on the same time we are here in the Central Standard Time of the USA. You can also listen at your convenience by just pulling up various radio shows that tweak your interest and you can listen anytime you want. And we have a number of channels that carry our radio show in our podcast. So you can listen all different ways across the country, across the world. We're always happy to have you with us. And I hope that we share a lot of good information with for you. That you can make better decisions and better choices to have better health. Health is your choice. My choice. What we do every day is a choice. As to how we choose our choices, we can influence our health for good or for bad. It's so simple. It isn't all about drugs. It's not all about vaccines. It's about making our body healthier. We're in deep trouble. We are the sickest country in the world. The World Health Organization monitors 37 industrialized nations. And the U.S. is 37th. We are the most unhealthy sickest country in the world. And it's all due to our diet. The American diet, as it is consumed today, known as SAD, S-A-D, for Standard American Diet, kills more people, sickens more people, and causes more disease, when truly they're not diseases, They are the result of our diet that's causing metabolic disorders. We don't have to have type 2 diabetes. It's optional. We don't have to avoid fat to be healthy. Fat is good for us and we should be consuming good quantities of healthy fats. The fat that's bad for us is the fat that we carry around in our body that's in excess of what we need. The people carrying around a pot belly or a beer belly or a bread belly. The American diet is made up of mostly carbohydrates and sugar. If you change your diet, and I believe that you're listening to this program because you want to find more choices and more ways to improve your health. Maybe you're sick and tired of being sick and tired. And you want to make changes. 
and you want to know, how do I make these changes, and what can I do? I absolutely believe, and I am convinced, that changing your diet from a carbohydrate-sugar diet, which makes everybody fat, almost 50% of Americans, white, black, Hispanic, are obese. 48% of the black community is obese. 44% of Hispanic community is obese. And of the white community, 42%. Come on, Americans. We're unhealthy. That's why you're sick. Obesity causes many of our diseases, including cancer. Smoking and obesity are the two major causes of cancer. And we're looking for and spending billions and billions and billions of dollars looking for a cure for cancer. Hey, that's just because they want to make money. The money-making industry. We can change that by changing our diet, by changing our lifestyle, by making better choices, by getting healthier, more fit, lean, slim. It's up to us, folks. It's our responsibility, not the doctor, not the drug companies. The drug companies love sick people. That's their best customer. So it's us, up to us to make those choices. And we can do it. Simple, simple changes can make a huge impact in several months. It's amazing how forgiving the body is. We can abuse our body over decades. And yet within several months of changes, healthy changes, we can see healthy influences of our body. It's simple. But people don't want to give up their sugar. They don't want to give up their bread and their pasta and their cakes and pies and candies and sweet rolls and bran muffins. and That's what people live on in America. But if you make changes and you include a better quality of protein and a high level of fats and eliminate the carbohydrates and sugar almost entirely, I've seen people who had major pain, major side effects, major conditions like type 2 diabetes. By changing their diet, by including some form of exercise to be more active, giving up smoking, reducing alcohol. Hey, I'm not taking away all your fun. Occasionally, those things are great too. But Americans live that way. And all I'm asking you to do is to live a better, healthier way. And with some times where you may include a dessert or something. But Americans are on the dessert trail all the time. It's all sugar, sweet, soft drinks, all the junk that people are eating today is not really food. It's just calories 
and non-nutritious, I have a, a better word, but garbage. It's not, a, it's not healthy enough to be eaten. Oh, it'll fill your belly. It'll stop your belly from aching. It'll give you some calories. And all those calories can't be burned. We're eating more calories every decade than we did the previous decade. And we're not doing anything. We're not burning off all those calories. And then we have all this sugar that some people believe we need for energy, but it's not working because they're still tired after eating all this sugar because it makes them more tired. And insulin, the hormone that is released to provide a shuttling system, taking the sugar into the cell to provide energy, doesn't work anymore because we can't keep up with the level of sugar that we're eating. We don't have enough insulin. So the sugar is stored because it can't get into the cell. And where is it stored? In the form of fat. Fat does not make us fat. Proteins and fats actually make you slim, trim, and not trying to be. If you follow a good ketogenic diet, which is primarily a good quality protein diet, not a high protein diet, just moderate amount of protein, plus fats, very low carbohydrates, very low, and no, I don't want to say low sugar, no sugar. The carbohydrates actually convert to sugar. That's the only way they're metabolizing the body. Getting the, getting the carbohydrates down to a very, very, very low level. My level is somewhere between 20 and 30 grams of carbohydrates a day. And today, I have a stronger body, more toned body. I have, I make, in fact, I've, I've worked out all my life and you couldn't tell the difference. When I changed my diet, you could see the difference. When all that fat was gone, all that fat under the skin, and you could see some shape instead of a big belly or a, a waistline. When I started the ketogenic diet, my waistline, I'm five foot seven, my waistline was up to 36. That is crazy. I didn't have a pot belly, but I had a lot of, let's say I had a spare tire. And I'm in hell. I'm, what, what's wrong? Now I have a 30 inch waist. And I eat as much as I want to eat. Of the foods that are of the best foods in the ketogenic diet. Not carbohydrates, not bread, not pasta, not cakes, not pies, not all the desserts, not all the sugar, no soft drinks, no juice. And you say, wow, what do I eat? Well, that's why you should go to the website, my website. You can do that as well. And click on Terry's Diet. And that's how I eat. Or go to the website, ketogenicdietresource.com, or to the website called The Doctor Diet. The Diet, excuse me, The Diet Doctor. Those are two great websites. 
And you can go to my website as well, terrytalksnutrition.com. But I just want you to, to realize that we are, we are getting sick because of how we live. 98% of all of our diseases. And this comes from a, you know, scientific studies that shows that we are sick because of the environment that we live in. 98%. We cause the diseases by our lifestyle choices. Not because God is mad at us. Not because we are unfortunate. Not because of the roll of the dice. Or we drew the wrong card. Or the wrong parents. Genetics is only 2% of who we are. And 98% of who we are is based on what we do. We do. You choose your clothes. You choose the way you drive to, the, to, the, to your job. Um, you make choices every day. And food is your choice. And people make the wrong choices. They skip breakfast, which is the most important meal of the day. And if you eat a very good breakfast, three, two, three, four eggs, any way you want, not fried, scrambled softly, or boiled, poached. However, eggs are a nutritious food, highly nutritious, and not going to cause you to have a cholesterol problem. That's just baloney. They want you to believe in, in the cholesterol myth. It's a myth. It's a scam. People die earlier before their time when they follow a low cholesterol diet and take drugs to lower cholesterol. We need to have a moderately high level of cholesterol. And we have to have the right numbers, the right HDL, the right LDL. It's just not saying, well, your cholesterol is 300, we're going to put you on drugs. That's only a small fraction of the picture. So eating good fats, lots of fats, and good quality protein in the absence of carbohydrates and sugar. And you will lose weight without even trying, without blinking an eye. You will shed weight like crazy, and you'll be in great shape. You'll be fit. You know, I at 36-inch waistline, I was creeping up there to be one of those, hey, that's not good for your heart. That's not what it should be. Women should never be over a 35-inch waist, and men should never be over a 40-inch waist. But what I like better is that your waistline should be half of your height in inches. So if you're six foot tall, you're 72 inches. Half of that is 36. I am five foot seven, and I had a waistline that should have been on a six foot person. Not good, not healthy. But when I changed my diet, 
wow. I have more energy. I feel fantastic. I'm mentally alert. My, my muscle tone has improved dramatically. And I work like crazy. You know, I'm in the office at 5 o'clock in the morning. And I love my work. And I read, I study, I travel for more information. I go to seminars, I go to do research. It can make a huge difference when you change your diet. When you, if you're sick and you have a disease, so-called disease, because that way the FDA approves the drug for that disease, but it really is a, truly a metabolic disorder. High blood pressure comes from your diet. Heart disease comes from your diet. Type 2 diabetes comes from your diet. Cancer comes from your diet. Cancer is related to what we eat and our lifestyle. 30% of our cancers are caused by smoking. Almost 40% of our cancers are caused by obesity. Things that we can change. We don't have to spend billions and billions and billions of dollars to learn how to cure cancer. There was very little cancer in the late 1800s and early 1900s. So what changed? The biggest change in our lives was the American diet. Our diet has changed more in the last 100 years than it has in the previous 3 million years. We're eating garbage. Highly refined and processed, chemically altered synthetic foods. How do you expect us to survive in a healthy manner? If you have a brand new car, you're not going to put sugar in your gas tank. You're not going to put sand in your gas tank. Why? It's not going to perform, right? It doesn't need a drug. Just stop doing the bad habits. And Americans live on the bad habits. Well, today we have a great program. We have a lot to talk about, but I just want to keep nudging you to think about, hey, making those changes. But we're going to talk about leaky bladder. Do you have a leaky bladder? And we're talking about how fatty acids. Fatty acids are fats. We have gone so long without eating high-quality, healthy fats, which are essential. In fact, they're called essential fatty acids, meaning we can't live without them. But we've tried, because everybody had the fear struck in them that fats would kill you. That is all baloney. And why does working at night, especially the night shift, increase the risk of cancer? Triglycerides is your heart killer, not cholesterol. Cholesterol is so important for the health of our body that our body makes it. And when I believe whoever made our body, creator, God, whoever, I believe it is God. God made my body. And that was instilled as a production of cholesterol 
every day. Because all of our hormones, DHEA, estrogen, testosterone, all of these good quality hormones, including vitamin D3, is made essentially from cholesterol. You can't have a good sex life unless you have cholesterol. You're not, you're not, you're not going to have a healthy, tireless body without cholesterol. Cholesterol keeps our body perking along, but triglycerides are the culprit that damages the heart. And the triglycerides are made from sugar and excuse me, and carbohydrates. So we'll talk about how to reduce your triglycerides. And then we'll find out why elderly people can't sleep well. Let's talk about a probiotic today, too. Not for you and I, but how about for your dog? And then there are some colon cancer symptoms that you should never ignore. So let's talk about, first of all, on the agenda, the major problem, leaky bladder. A new survey of over a thousand women between the ages of 50 and 80, over half of those women, over age 65, and 43% of those ages 50 to 64 reported that they suffered from incontinence, leaky bladder. It's a high percentage of women. Over half of the women over 65. And 43%, almost half again, of those ages 50 to 64 report that they have dribbling, incontinence, leaky bladder. 30% of these women said that they experienced leakage nearly every day. And they have a very common trigger. 79% of these women said coughing and sneezing causes them to dribble, leaking. 64% said not having enough time to reach the bathroom. And 60% of the women said they were too embarrassed to talk to their doctor about their bladder problem. So they may go without help. But I think I can offer you some help today. And I can offer you some lifestyle suggestions to reduce your bladder leakage. So first of all, if you're having a problem, you have to avoid what's causing the problem. So let's talk about some of the irritants that cause irritation in your bladder and more leakage. Artificial sweeteners. 
And, oh, a lot of women use artificial sweeteners. Women drinking Diet Coke at three and a half times more leakage, such as urgency episodes, versus women drinking water. Smoking. Nicotine. Found in a clinical study, twice as many women who smoked had problems with incontinence versus non-smokers. Coughing from smoking stresses the bladder. No, we always do these things like smoking, drinking excessively, eating a lot of carbohydrates and a lot of sugar, which are the cause of most of our problems today, health problems. And then we look for a drug, not thinking about giving up what's causing the problem. So we are still taking a drug, trying to overcompensate the condition, but we still haven't got to the root cause. We don't seem to want to give up the root cause of our diseases, but we tend to take a drug. So alcohol... Caffeine are two others that are irritants to the bladder. And then, of course, everybody should lose weight. Extra weight puts pressure on the bladder. And then again, empty the bladder more often. For some women, it's even better to visit the bathroom every two to four hours. All these things can be done to improve the elimination of urine leakage. Now there is a very excellent herbal solution. An herb that has been found to treat bladder problems in men and women. And I want to tell you about that herbal solution. The answer for bladder problems in both men and women. But my time is running down to the first half, first portion of my program. And I don't want to get halfway through the next presentation and then have to sign off for a moment. I don't want you to go anywhere. I'm here for the next half hour, coming back here as we break for a moment for commercials and for the radio to identify itself. But we'll be back here with another portion of our program and also the answer. How you can treat and prevent bladder problems, especially in women, but men as well. So we'll come back right here on Terry Talks Nutrition. I'm Terry Naturally. Welcome back, my friends, and any new listeners that have just joined us. We're glad to have you, glad to have you wherever you are around the world, and hopefully that we are doing some good for you and answering some questions that can benefit your health. We're talking about bladder problems, incontinence, interstitial cystitis, all these conditions 
affect the bladder and cause pain, embarrassment, and leakage. And I said before we took our break that we have a herbal solution. That doesn't mean it's a, a liquid, not a solution. It's an answer. The herbal answer for bladder problems in both men and women. And the herb is called Angelica, Archangelica. That's two words. Angelica, Archangelica. It's an herb that has been growing, grown, wild, and cultivated in Iceland. They have huge crops. I visited Iceland a few years ago. And I went on the forage of collecting the leaves of the plant. It's not the root. It's not the stem. It's actually the leaves of the plant Angelica Archangelica. And it's an aqueous solution. This is a liquid that they prepare from the leaves. And then they dry this solution into a powder. And they make it available for tablets and capsules to be used as reducing urinary frequency problems. Now what I hear from a number of people when I ever have talked about Angelica, whether it's at a seminar or lecture or wherever, they come back to me and they say, um, you know, I've tried Angelica, it doesn't work. Then I always ask them a little bit more information. What Angelica did you buy? So that's why I point out to say Angelica, Archangelica, that's the entire name of the herb. And then they say, well, just a minute, I'll get my bottle. I'll read it to you. And they say, it's Angelica sinensis. That is not the same herb as Angelica Archangelica. It is a great herb. Angelica sinensis is a great herb. It's called also Dang Kwai. It's a very good herb for women. But it's not the herb for bladder problems. And then I had a few people ask me, well, I bought the oil because I couldn't find the herb, so I bought Angelica oil. That's not going to work. So you have to get the Angelica, Archangelica, which has been clinically studied to reduce urinary frequency problems. And it has been shown under studies, in studies, to increase bladder capacity and reduce the number of urinations at night, and that's where men come in. It actually reduces the number of urinations at night because men get up two, three, four times a night and barely have enough urine to eliminate, but they have this urge to get up. And this does not affect the prostate. It affects the bladder. Men don't get up because they have a prostate disorder. They get up because they have a bladder problem. So this has been shown to increase the bladder capacity, reduce the number of urinations at night, 
and day for women, particularly in participants who had a small bladder volume. So what does this mean? Well, the subjects in the study, the participants, found that they had to make fewer bathroom trips at night. Some were doing four or five times at night, down to maybe one time at night. Some, 10 to 15% of those that were studied, completely stopped nighttime urination. Fewer bathroom trips ultimately means better sleep, better rest, better health, better life. So look for Angelica Archangelica. It'll pay you back big dividends. And it's useful for overactive bladder and stress incontinence, BPH, prostate disorders, and reducing nighttime trips to the bathroom, bedwetting, and interstitial cystitis, which can be a very painful condition of the bladder, and with many, many trips to the bathroom. In Iceland, where it is sold in pharmacies, is more popular for bladder issues in men than Saul Palmetto Berry. Saul Palmetto Berry has been sold for prostate disorders. But this is a little bit different twist. This is Angelica for a bladder problem. Because that, that is why men get up. Not because of the prostate, because of the bladder. So this works extremely well, reducing nighttime issues and reducing and increasing a good night's sleep. So how to use this? Well, the dosage is about 100 to 200 milligrams daily. 100 to 200 milligrams daily. If you have a bladder problem that affects you during the day, then take 100 to 200 milligrams in the morning. If you have a bladder problem at night, then take 100 to 200 milligrams before you're going to bed. Very safe. Absolutely no side effects and no significant adverse effects. Very, very safe. In fact, animals can use it. Children can use it. Very, very safe. And no concern of side effects. Now we talked about fatty acids. Fats are really, really healthy for us. The right kind of fat. Not those hydrogenated fats. Not those trans fatty acids. Not cottonseed oil. Uh, not all the other vegetable oils like sunflower seed oil, safflower seed oil, canola oil, grapeseed oil. All these oils are so high in omega-6 fatty acids that it throws the omega-3 fatty acids out of balance in our body. Also, it causes a lot of inflammatory processes. So the bad fats cause inflammation. 
and 98% of our diseases are caused by the result of two conditions that we can control by diet, and that is oxidative stress and inflammation. And they're finding that fatty acids are really beneficial for our body of the good quality. Coconut seed oil. Seed. Coconut. <laughs> there, is no coconut. there is no coconut seed oil. Coconut oil. Um, olive oil. Pecan oil. Avocado oil. Are your best oils. And MCT oil. Are very, very good. So now they have discovered that these healthy fatty acids affect multiple sclerosis in a positive, healthy manner. Low fatty acids and a low fatty acid intake may accelerate multiple sclerosis and may even play a role in the cause of multiple sclerosis, MS. Multiple sclerosis is caused by an abnormal immune response. Immune system cells attack and damage the body's central nervous system. So researchers found that patients diagnosed with MS have very low levels of a very specific fatty acid called oleic acid, otherwise known as omega-9. Many people are aware of omega-6, omega-3. This is omega-9. Oleic acid has been found to be critical and very important in regulating a normal immune response. Suppressing unnecessary or abnormal immune cell activity. In recent laboratory experiments, researchers introduced oleic acid into tissue samples from MS patients, and normal immune cell response was restored. You know, our body, if we ate the right foods and maybe supplemented our diet to some degree, to establish a healthy immune system, there would not be a requirement for vaccines. But vaccines are made for those people that have no desire to make changes in their health, no desire to lose weight when they're obese, no desire to be healthy, and no desire to give up the foods that caused all their problems. So, some people may need a vaccine, but that's a whole other issue. It's a very personal issue that only maybe you, your doctor, and God can decide what is best for you. But this high level of oleic acid Where are they found? The best source is olive oil. 
but you have to get a really good quality olive oil. Olive oil is a very adulterated oil. They mix other oils with it to reduce the cost. But they're not necessarily reducing the price. They're making a cheap oil and making a great margin. Olive oil. If a good high quality olive oil containing oleic acid and polyphenols is a food, but I would say it's close to a medicine. It has such medicinal value in regards to improving the quality and the health of the body. Now, in the studies that were used in oleic acid from olive oil, they recommended 50 ml. And that equates to three and a half tablespoons of olive oil daily. It'll bring you big dividends if you get your level of olive oil up to three and a half tablespoons per day. Most of the studies I've seen was done on that level. Also, you can include pecan oil, avocado oil, and macadamia nut oil. They are all very high in oleic acid, which is omega-9. If you take olive oil, and I always take it by the spoonful, I also use it on my eggs, I also use it on salads, but I don't like to waste it. And when you put it on a salad, take a look at your salad bowl after you've eaten the salad. You have an awful lot of oil at the bottom. That whole bowl is really oily. So I take it off the spoon. I take three or four tablespoons of olive oil daily. Along with pecan oil and butter and many other sources of good quality fats. We should have more fats. Now this is really going against the grain. We should have more fat in our diet than any other food component. More fats than protein. More fats than carbohydrates and sugar. Our diet should be high in fats. Now, we have lived about the last 70 years on a low-fat diet. We have to change that. So why does working the night shift increase the cancer risk? Well, researchers tested healthy volunteers in a sleep laboratory. For one week, half of the volunteers stayed awake during the day and slept at night while the other half stayed awake at night and slept during the day. The researchers found that while both groups experienced cellular changes that can lead to cancer, we want to prevent cellular changes. 
The body's DNA repair, it's like a repair kit that we go through daily, did not function as effectively at night versus the day shift volunteers. So staying awake at night interferes with the timing of the body's natural cancer prevention system and reduces its effectiveness. Especially the secretion of melatonin from the pineal gland. Melatonin is released when it's dark. When it turns dark when there's an absence of light, melatonin is released from an area of the brain where the pineal gland is located. So staying up all night, watching TV in front of lights, the more light you have on in your house, the more TV reflection, the more screens you look at, reduces the excretion of melatonin. I am in the process right now, in fact, I made, a, I made a resolution at the beginning of the year to write nine books this year. I've got three or four done. I am just going to release a book I wrote on melatonin. It'll shock you when you read it. I wrote a book on andrographis, I also wrote one on low blood sugar. And I just released a book last week on how to reduce chronic pain. You can find them maybe in your health food store or go on Amazon or go to my website, Terry Talks Nutrition, to review the books that I am releasing. So melatonin. If I ask you if you use melatonin or why you use melatonin, more than likely you would say because it helps sleep. That is just a very tip of the iceberg called melatonin. It is a, I think it's a, it's not a hormone. Many people call it a hormone. It really does not answer the requirement of what a hormone is. Because melatonin can be found in food everywhere. All kinds of food. Funguses, algae, everywhere. So that's not how a hormone reacts. A hormone is only released from a gland And it's not found in food. You don't find estrogen in a food. You don't find testosterone in a food. Melatonin is everywhere. And you'll be shocked when you read my book that I think it is one of the most powerful, miraculous molecules. And I believe everybody whether you sleep or not sleep, should take melatonin. 
Now, it's produced primarily in the body at night. But at a very specific time of night, when caveman had no lights, they went to bed at dark. But because we, we became more industrialized, we made lighting standard in homes, factories, and around the world. So we stay up under lights rather than going to bed at dark. When dark comes around, sunset, that's the time the melatonin is released. So if you stay up all night and you go to bed at 2 in the morning, and then you say, oh, I forgot to take my melatonin because I want to sleep, you've already lost a big percentage of the melatonin that would have been normally secreted by the gland, by the pineal gland. Melatonin has been found to stop hormone-dependent cancers. There are over 28,000 studies on melatonin. Just a few on sleep. Many of them on actually blocking COVID-19 virus, treating cancer, treating heart disease, supporting the immune system. So melatonin has been found to stop hormone-dependent cancers. That would be like breast cancer, uterine cancer, prostate cancer, and many other types of cancer, including oral cancer, kidney, liver, and lung cancer, pancreatic, colon cancer, melanoma, skin cancer. Because we're not utilizing the natural melatonin that our body would be secreting. Because now we can stay up all night. When sunset comes around at 6.30, 7 o'clock, that's when our pineal gland starts secreting melatonin. But we block it because we turn all the lights on. We turn on TV. We're in front of the screens. We go to bed at night and we can't sleep, so we watch TV, which makes it even worse. There should be no TV in your bedroom. And then it causes pancreatic cancer. Standard cancer drug treatment versus melatonin. 67% of the cancer drug group developed cancer versus 33% of the melatonin group. When the treatments were combined with drug treatment and melatonin, only 10% developed cancer. Breast cancer. In the study of women with metastatic cancer, breast cancer, that was not responding to tamoxifen, by adding melatonin induced partial regression and or stable disease, no progression of the cancer at all. In 85% of the participants, this was at a dosage of 20 milligrams to 100 milligrams of melatonin. It is absolutely safe, 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 non-toxic. It has no side effects. So most of the cancer trials that have used high doses of melatonin 
were up to 20 milligrams daily and beyond. For yourself, self-regulating, I would not exceed 20 milligrams daily. I know many doctors, alternative physicians, are prescribing up to 100 milligrams a day. Without an alternative physician giving you some support and monitoring your results, I would say with 20 milligrams or less. It is a huge, miraculous molecule. 28,000 studies. It's the most studied natural component in the world. So she has a huge benefit. So it's extremely beneficial. Now here, here are some symptoms that you should never ignore about cancer. Blood in the stool. Never ignore. If you see blood in your stool, or assume that it's, oh, maybe it's just hemorrhoids. Blood can also be a sign of internal bleeding caused by colon cancer. It isn't uncommon for someone to bleed internally for up to six months before visible signs of blood can be noticed after a bowel movement. And most of the time, blood after a bowel movement is not a sign of something dangerous, but a healthcare practitioner should determine if it is dangerous or not, or whether you should have further tests. Colon cancer screening is now recommended starting at age 45. Colon cancer rates are rising faster in people under the age of 50. Our diet, our environment, our exposure to so many chemicals. People born in 1990, 30 years ago, will have double the risk of colon cancer and four times the risk of rectal cancer before age 50 compared to people born 40 years earlier in 1950. Don't ignore these signs. One of the most powerful natural medicines to treat colon cancer is curcumin. Curcumin has a triple effect against colon cancer, protects against cancer and cell formation in the presence of carcinogens, inhibits proteins which cause cancer progression, and causes colon cancer cells to self-destruct. So with that, my friends, I'm all out of time. I will probably talk more about how to prevent colon cancer or what you should not ignore in the future because it's so important. Uh, but with that, my friends, get healthy this week. Do something constructive for your health. Give up that sugar and carbohydrates. Eat more quality fats and proteins, and you'll have better health. With that, my friends, say a prayer for this crazy, crazy, insane world. God bless you, and God bless America.